Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. That's what I'm talking about. It is the Zach Gelb Show, coast to coast on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome aboard on this Tuesday afternoon edition of our extravaganza. We got 60 minutes to play. You could jump on in 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. You could always hit me up on the good old cesspool of Twitter or on Instagram where I'm always straight flexing. At Zach Gelb, that's Z-A-C-H-G-E-L-B. We'll be joined by an NFL insider for Bleacher Report, Jordan Schultz, coming up momentarily as there's a lot of stories as we start to preview NFL free agency. You got the draft coming up and just uh, starting next week, it will be the NFL Combine where you'll see a bunch of guys in shorts and a t-shirt be running around doing all these drills and whatever they did in their first three or four years of their college career. Sometime could be wiped away based off 140 time or you start rumor season where teams are trying to get a prospect. So they trash a, a prospect anonymously to try to drive down that prospect's draft stock. If you can't tell, as much as I love football, I am not a fan of the combine for those two things that I just mentioned, whether it's trashing players anonymously or if a guy has a great three-year career or four-year career, then doesn't perform well in a 40, his draft stock goes right down the tube and the gutter. But if you didn't really do much for three, four years, but you run one blazing fast 40 time, then all of a sudden you're going in the top 15 of the NFL draft. But uh, Jordan Schultz is going to join us momentarily, had a story out today, and he was talking about the quarterback market. And Dak Prescott is entering the final year of his contract. And Dak Prescott has won these contract negotiations with the Dallas Cowboys. And now he's about to win in all likelihood again because Dak Prescott is in the final year of his deal. The salary cap uh, for him this year, the cap hits about $60 million, So you're going to have to give him a new deal to drive that number down. And I saw today that Jordan Schultz was saying that Dak Prescott could get a new contract up to $60 million a year. Now, when you look at AAV, Burrow makes 55 right now. Herbert, 52.5. Lamar, 52. Jalen Hurts, 51. Russell Wilson, and that extension is just kicking in, 49. Kyler Murray, 46.1. Deshaun Watson, he's at 46. And then here's this one. How about maybe the best bargain in the sport right now? Santer's guy, Patrick Mahomes, at $45 million a year. And then Josh Allen at $43 million a year. How about Matthew Stafford, Super Bowl champ? He's at $40 million a year. All righty, uh, let's go out. Oh, sorry. We will not go out to the guest line uh, right now. I thought the guys were like, oh, he's there, he's there, he's there. Let's uh, get ready to go. But we'll be joined in just a second. 
by Jordan Schultz, who's a tremendous NFL insider for Bleacher Report, and he's here with us on the Zach Gelb Show on CBS Sports Radio. Jordan, I know it's been a long time coming. Appreciate the time. Thanks so much for hopping on board with us on this Tuesday afternoon. My pleasure, Zach. Great to be here. Yeah, thanks so much. Uh, Let me start you off with this report today uh, that Dak Prescott, right, your report that he could be getting a deal this offseason up to $60 million a year. How about that one? Holy smokes, that's a lot of money. Yeah, I think there's a lot to consider with Dak. Number one, he has a lot of leverage. You know, he can't be tagged. He has a no-trade clause. His cap number is north of $59 million next season. There's so much leverage for Dak Prescott. And then, we, sorry, and then we consider the fact that they still have to pay CeeDee Lamb and Micah Parsons. So there's a lot of moving parts here. They couldn't wait to pay Parsons. He, he just became extension eligible for the first time. They also just waited last year. They pushed CD down the road. So in essence, they have three top-tier guys they have to pay. Maybe two of them get done this offseason, one next year. But Dak Prescott, three straight years of, of 12 wins. He was in the MVP conversation for most of the season. And in my mind, considering all the leverage he has, and what I was told going back to the owners' meetings in Dallas a couple months prior, um, I think he has a real chance to get close to $60 million and or maybe up to 60 somewhere in between 55 and 60 and, and yeah, and reset the market. I will never fault a player for taking the most amount of money possible, especially when they participate in this uh, lethal sport that we all love in football. I look at Dak. I know what you said, right? He was the top five in the MVP voting. He was a finalist this year. He had a good season. But I just view him as a good quarterback, not a great quarterback. But we keep on seeing good quarterbacks getting paid like they're great quarterbacks. Will this ever even out just wondering and will we find a middle ground? Or is this just going to be if you're in the good conversation, you'll reset the market each and every year with the salary cap. Just keep on going up and up and up. Yeah, I think that's the key right there. As the cap continues to increase, you're going to see more quarterbacks because of the nature of the position. You're going to see that number continue to rise. I mean, it wasn't that long ago that we were talking about $30 million being a huge number. Now we're, we're basically doubling that. Um, and we saw last offseason, you know, Justin Herbert resets it. Burrow, uh, we've obviously you mentioned Russell Wilson. There's just a litany of guys. Uh, you could say they're really good, they're great, whatever you want to call them, that are going to get – Huge numbers. I mean, Tua's up as well. I think Tua is going to have the opportunity to get a huge number. So when it comes down to that position and where we are at in terms of the salary cap, there's no doubt in my mind that number is going to continue going up. I mean, another guy is Jared Goff. I mean, he had a great year. They they obviously were on the verge of a Super Bowl appearance. And I think he has a really good chance, Zach, in Detroit to get somewhere around 40 to 45, which would make him one of the higher-paid quarterbacks in the NFL. You brought up Tua. Do you think the Dolphins should maybe ride this out for one more season just because for most of his NFL career, unfortunately, it's been filled with the concussions. It's been filled with the injuries. And I know he just had a good season, but still, uh, they didn't really do much in the postseason where they lost to the Chiefs in the first round. Do you fully expect Tua's deal to get done this offseason? I'm not sure, but I, I would like to see it get done because the type of season, I know what you're saying with the concussions, and I understand it. But the season he had with Mike McDaniel was was so special that it makes you believe that they have an opportunity to do something really, really impressive. Like, I, I feel like that offense, you know, they, 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 they hung the 70 when they beat Denver. And for most of the season, that offense was really the best offense in the league. And as we, as we saw the season progress with Tua, 
you know, you always wondered, like, when's this shoe going to uh, fall or when's it going to go on the other foot? And is something going to happen to him? And he he persevered and he, he showed toughness. And I know that, as you said, it, obviously the season did not end the way they wanted it to. They had a lot of injuries. But I saw in this year a Tua that was so much different and better. I was actually talking to his quarterback coach a while back, Nick Hicks, and he was telling me that going into this season, Tua's priority was really to strengthen his arm and that they were able to do that through all their uh, preseason conditioning and that he was consistently throwing the ball much further as well as much more accurately. And now we saw that this year, and obviously they have some terrific young weapons. I would love to see him get paid, and I think he's earned it. Just circling back to what you were saying about Dak Prescott and mm-hmm. financially, right, with the, the cap hit for this year being almost $60 million, it probably does behoove them to get a deal done, even though I don't love giving Dak $60 million a year uh, potentially. Do you think there's any chance that they don't get a deal done and they just ride this out this year? They could, but that would be a mistake to me. Um, and also, like you said, if they – if they pay Dak that type of money, and I know it's a huge number, but let's say they pay him 60 or near that, that gives them the opportunity to take care of other guys like a CeeDee Lamb right now as well. And so when I think about Dallas and Jerry Jones and the fact that this is a franchise that really over the past three decades has been trying to find that that magic again, um, I just don't see a scenario where they don't pay him given the leverage, and again, I think it's really important to hit on the fact that his cap number is essentially 59-5 next, next year. So I, I believe, like you said, it would behoove them to pay him now. I don't really know what the alternative is to Dak Prescott. Obviously, you have Trey Lance yeah. there and Cooper Rush, and, you know, would they, would, if, they, if they decide they don't want to go with Dak, well, they can't trade him because they have no trade clause, and they're not going to tag him. So, again, there's, just, there's not a whole lot of leverage for Dallas. And so I think given that and the fact that, like you said, we know what Dak is. He's not a Mahomes or a Josh Allen or a Lamar Jackson, but he's a very good upper echelon quarterback. And with that, to me, the type of leader he is, the fact that he's only 30, I believe 30 years old, 31 years old, I just think it's going to happen. Talking to Jordan Schultz right now, in the game of likely or unlikely, it feels right now that it's unlikely Kirk Cousins is back in Minnesota. I kind of think he's going to sign with the Atlanta Falcons, and the Falcons will be aggressive. How likely do you think it is that Kirk will uh, get another deal done with Minnesota? Before the Achilles, I thought there was a real opportunity that they could extend him, and maybe he finishes his career in Minnesota. Now, to your point, I mentioned this earlier on Bleacher, I think Atlanta makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. Um, number one is he has a lot of family there. His, his, his wife's family is from there. He's from there. He spends a lot of time in the offseason there. But also, they – they just brought in Zach Robinson as the OC. And the bridge there is that Robinson comes from the Rams, which is Sean McVay. Kevin O'Connell, his coach in Minnesota, also runs a very similar offense. So there would be a lot of synergy there right away. And the fact that Atlanta has really good young weapons with Algier and Robinson and Pitts and and obviously um, Drake London. I, I just think Atlanta is a tailor-made situation where if they were to bring in someone like Kirk Cousins, that's a 10-11 win team next season. I, they have a good roster. They have a good offensive line. Um, and I think the Falcons, to me, make probably the most sense for Kirk Cousins. But I wouldn't say that they're a lock. I wouldn't say it's a lock that he's not in Minnesota next year. I know he's talked about 
his allegiances to the city and to the franchise. And I know there's a lot of uh, good synergy there as well. But you also have Justin Jefferson, who he himself wants to reset the receiver market and essentially get more than Tyree Kill. So let's say that's 31 or 30 and change million. Um, so there's a lot of moving parts in Minnesota. I think Harrison Smith's likely to be cut. They have to figure out what they're going to do with Daniil Hunter. But that's a team that won seven straight, looked like a playoff team down the stretch. And you can make the argument both sides. But I just think, in my opinion, Kirk Cousins is, I would say, is there's a there's a legit shot that he's playing somewhere else next year. And the Falcons, to me, probably make the most sense. When we get to Russell Wilson, uh, it's inevitable he's going to get released, as Jordan Schultz is here with us from Bleacher Report. It's inevitable that Russ is going to get released uh, from the Broncos, unless you have other information that we're not aware of. Um, where, where could you see maybe a fit or two for Russell Wilson in his next chapter? I, I think Pittsburgh is, is a team that I would monitor. I, I think there was a report that they don't want to go after a veteran. I, I don't know about that. I think, you know, Pittsburgh is a lot of possibilities there. Um, I, I don't see the Raiders. I know that that team has been floated a lot. I, I don't. I just don't see that being a fit. Um, to your point about Russell Wilson, I mean, th- there's really no doubt in my mind, considering where we're at. And I was, I reported, you know, a couple months back that, you know, on, on October 31st, two days after he beats the Chiefs, Sean Payton, George Payton, they go to him. They say, if you don't defer your 37 million injury guarantees, we're going to make you inactive. And then they had that soap opera internally. The rest of the season. So, and I don't, I don't really believe, honestly, Zach, that Sean Payton ever really wanted Russell Wilson there. Um, and so, to me, to your point, I think it's pretty understood league wide that he'll be playing somewhere else next year. So, really, it comes down to what does Russell Wilson want? He doesn't really need the money per se. He's going to get uh, all that guaranteed money from Denver. And to me, it's I think adding to his resume. He already has one Super Bowl. What if I'm him? I'm thinking, what organization gives me the best opportunity? to contend knowing that, you know, money isn't at this point, the number one factor for me. And I mentioned Pittsburgh, uh, potentially, I mean, Atlanta's another one, um, but he's going to have to make that decision ultimately of what's the number one priority for him. And then go from there. I, I think he's a starting quarterback. I mean, 27 touchdowns last year, he was probably a top 10, top 12 quarterback for most of the season. They won five straight at, at one point. So I think he's a starting quarterback and there's no question about that. I know a lot of these teams could probably cross over as uh, we're wrapping up with Jordan Schultz's great job for Bleacher Report. Uh, Everyone kind of expects the Bears to take uh, Williams at one and they'll trade Justin Fields. Who do you think the teams are that will most heavily pursue Justin Fields when he becomes available via trade? Well, not to double down on Atlanta again, but (laughs) the Falcons, there is absolutely a building buzz uh, among the NFL that the Falcons would be in play for Justin Fields. Obviously, he's from Gainesville, Georgia, and and grew up there, and the Falcons, another team. Like, when I think about Atlanta with Justin Fields, I just, there's something about a backfield shared by him and Bajon Robinson that really gets me fired up. You know, I just, I see it. You know, you can really see how that can materialize and be something super special. Um, You know, I think Chicago's in a position where it's probably more than likely they're going to reset the clock Get Caleb Williams number one. Maybe you get another wide receiver to complement DJ Moore and then build their roster out from there. But they have so many needs. And it's my understanding that Fields at this point probably commands a late first round pick. So you can get real value for him and ideally allow him to restart his career somewhere else 
I still believe, Zach, I don't know where you're at on this, but I still believe that Justin Fields' talent is so robust that in the right system with the right coordinator, he could be a super special quarterback. He just hasn't really had it in Chicago. So uh, to me, I know we've talked about Atlanta a lot, but that's a franchise that I think is really hungry for a quarterback. And I, I like Desmond Ritter. I just last season's performance, I don't know if they can go into next year. And they've already talked about Terry Fontenot wanting a, a new quarterback. So the Falcons, to me, are going to be in play for a lot of these guys, including Cousins and Fields. Yeah, I had, I had a conversation with Arthur Blank at the Super Bowl, and he told me that he likes his roster and he thinks they're just a quarterback away. So since we've thrown Atlanta out there for a lot of destinations for quarterbacks, you know, I wonder, Jordan, do you think Kirk would be better there or do you think it would be Justin Fields? I lean more Kirk because I think he's more of a sure thing, but where do you fall on that if, it, if you had to pick between one of them? I would like – this is just me. This is not – I'm not sourcing this. I would like to see Fields. I, I really would. I just think the – they have so much team speed and and playmaking on offense. And Cousins is a great – a really good quarterback. But he's going to sit in the pocket and rely on guys to win. But when with Fields, you add the dynamic. Now, he doesn't have the, the throwing prowess of, of Cousins. But he does have a really good strong arm. And he has proven to be able to throw the ball down the field with time. You have that offensive line. I think if you line him up with Bijan, with Algier, with with those weapons, a healthy Kyle Pitts, to me, that's just the upside is higher. I guess the floor is probably higher with Cousins, but the upside is higher with Fields. And if I'm the Falcons and I'm Arthur Blank, who's 82 years old, wants to win now, I like the idea of swinging for the fences. Do you believe that Saquon... Uh, Derrick Henry and Josh Jacobs will all be on new teams. It seems like uh, Derrick Henry absolutely will, but how about Saquon and Josh Jacobs? I think Henry, yes. Jacobs, I'd say more than likely, yes, but not a slam dunk. And then Saquon, to me, is probably the most interesting. Uh, I really don't see a scenario where the Giants tag him, where that number is. I think he's going to have an opportunity at 27 to really cash in. And I know that the free agency market for running backs has been super rough, Zach, the last couple few years. But um, I think there's a real shot that Saquon finds a home elsewhere with real money. Um, it's not going to be what it was 10, 15 yeah. years ago, but it's going to be good money, and I think he's earned it. He has been one of the best running backs in the league. And I know last year he missed about a month, but incredibly productive over the last two seasons. And because he can catch the football, because he can block, and I've had Giants guys tell me that Throughout all of the hardship they've experienced last season, Saquon was the heartbeat. That was the guy that every day was consistently uplifting people. He was the heartbeat of the team. And I just think he's going to be too valuable in free agency. And I, I just think given the Giants' holes, uh, it's probably it, – there's a real shot that he moves on and finds finds another home with, with, with real money. Now, I made two predictions when it comes to wide receivers. Um, as much as I would like to see Mike Evans stay with Tampa Bay – um, I've seen some of your reporting on it. I don't think it's likely. Uh, I have Mike Evans going to Houston this offseason. And then with Calvin Ridley, I have him taking a two-year deal, uh, good guaranteed money there and going to Kansas City. How actively involved Ooh. do you think the Chiefs and Texans uh, will be for a wide receiver? Okay, so the Texans, I think, you know, it's one of those where you would love to give C.J. Stroud one more weapon. They obviously had a lot of success last year with – with Tank Dell and, and Nico Collins. They have a running back who had a good year in Devin Singletary. He's a free agent. but And Dalton, Dalton Schultz had a really good year. He's a free agent. So I think they're, they're, Houston, is it's not like a huge need, 
but it would be a nice addition. Um, so they, they, I think they'll be active in wide receiver money, but the money is going to be the real factor. And you mentioned Calvin Ridley. So the, it's important to note, Jacksonville can actually retain that second-round pick from Atlanta if they bring him back, but they have to do it and allow Ridley to become a free agent. So I know there was some confusion yesterday, um, and it is true. If they sign him, extend him before free agency, they have to give a second-round pick comp to Atlanta for that trade. But if they wait, there is a possibility that they bring him back. With that said, um, I think those are two of the top free agent, free agent names. Obviously, Pittman, T. Higgins, Gabe Davis, but you know you could see Pittman and um, and Higgins getting 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 tagged. Evans to me is it, it, such a special player because you you know what he's going to give you. He's going to give you eighty catches, thousand yards, six, seven, eight touchdowns, and I think because of his his consistency, um, he has a chance to get. Uh, a massive contract. He's 30, 31 years old. This is the time to cash in. Ridley's 29. He's going to get a lot of money as well. Um, I think the Chiefs are certainly going to be players for for a receiver, considering they're they're really their their only consistent weapons last year from a receiving standpoint were Kelsey and Rasheed Rice. So get one more guy and and, and help Patrick Mahomes. So I, I I think the Chiefs and Texans will be active, but I'll give you some other teams I know are really interested in receivers. And potentially in Mike Evans, the Jets, the Lions, the Panthers, and the Patriots. Those are those would be four I would watch as well. The Lions um, and the Jets, that would really be something. Well, I think the Jets are really hell bent on getting another weapon for Aaron Rodgers and having him opposite Garrett Wilson. And the reason I like Evans is because he's a different type of receiver than Wilson. You know, Wilson is kind of that classic X, super smooth. Evans has that big frame who's awesome inside the 20s. They're, they're totally different receivers who can really do a lot of different things. Um, and I think the idea of pairing Wilson with Evans for Aaron Rodgers is special. I think they need to off, upgrade their offensive line. They need to get a backup running back as, uh, to help Brees Hall. But the Jets are certainly going to be in play for wide receiver and certainly going to have a, an opportunity to spend some money on the position. He's a man with a ton of NFL information. He does a great job for Bleacher Report. He is Jordan Schultz. Jordan, always appreciate your insight and perspective. Thank you. I love love the show, Zach. Happy to come on anytime. Appreciate it. You got it. Thanks so much. There he is, the sensational Jordan Schultz from Bleacher Report. Whole lot to unpack from that one. We'll get to it on the other side. Coming on back in five minutes. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We'll play this for you coming up in about 15 minutes, but we have a new wrinkle in the Doc Rivers-JJ Redick feud. So just to recap, Doc Rivers 
wasn't taking accountability and was saying how tough it is to go in midseason to a team. J.J. Reddick sounded off how Doc Rivers never takes accountability, which I find fascinating because J.J. Reddick is replacing Doc Rivers in the broadcast booth because Doc took the job with Milwaukee and also Doc used to coach J.J. Reddick. So you have a former player, former coach going at one another and now uh, they were doing this, you know, the job that Doc left to do is now the job that J.J. is taking over that used to be held by Doc. But also, uh, Austin Rivers, the son of Doc Rivers, is on ESPN today, and he was giving his two cents about J.J. Redick going after his dad in Doc Rivers. And J.J. Redick, let me remind you, is now a co-worker of Austin Rivers. So, man, that's a lot to follow. We'll play you the Austin Rivers response coming up in about 10 to 15 minutes. Um, I did make the point, and I'll make it again that I do find it ironic and funny that J.J. Redick is going after Doc Rivers for not taking accountability, but then some of those players who were involved in the shortcomings of those teams that led to Doc Rivers getting fired, like James Harden and Paul George, they never took accountability. But do you ever hear J.J. Redick calling out those players, only calling out the coach? And that's a big problem in the NBA. It is a league where... And I think this is what gets it so much coverage. It's all about the drama. You know, the NBA is kind of like the Dallas Cowboys, where they care more about the drama rather than the wins and the losses. And in the NBA, it's always a giant game of finger pointing. And in the NBA, it's a lot of uh, big blame game at times. So I find it funny that JJ is trying to be the person that holds everyone accountable here. But you would never hear him go after James Harden or Paul George. So, is what it is. Anywho, uh, let's get back to the Dallas Cowboys. We opened up the show with this report by Jordan Schultz, who just joined us a few moments ago, um, that Dak Prescott could command a contract this year up to $60 million. Whether you think he's worth it or not, he's going to get something outrageous this offseason because of where the cap hit is. They owe him, you know, the salary cap this year will take up $60 million, almost $60 million. 59 and change on the cap if they keep him at this current deal. So he has the leverage. He's going to cash in, and they'll move those numbers around. But Micah Parsons has been popping off. He was on with us at the Super Bowl. You may have heard about that interview. And uh, he trashed T.J. Watt, and he said T.J. Watt isn't a top-five pass rusher. I don't understand how you could say that. Then he was on with Stephen A. Smith the other day, and he said outside of Patrick Mahomes, how are the quarterbacks in the AFC more accomplished than Dak Prescott? Now, I respond to that earlier by saying, just for starters, you know, Lamar Jackson's won two MVPs. Dak Prescott hasn't won one. So that's a quarterback that's more accomplished. Whether you think that's a big deal or not, that's up to you. But it's still being more accomplished and having more accolades. Joe Burrow's been in a Super Bowl. Farthest Dak Prescott's ever has gone has been into the second round of the playoffs. And I know some people say, oh, well, how is Josh Allen different from... Dak Prescott, well, Josh Allen's a better quarterback. And also, Josh Allen at least has been in an AFC title game where Dak Prescott hasn't even got to a conference championship game. So the arguments and the takes, I respect the takes from Micah Parsons, but the argument has to be a little bit more solid. Now, here is Micah Parsons on the Stephen A. Smith show. Let's go to this other article, uh, this other piece of audio. Uh, he was asked to comment on Demarcus Lawrence saying a big reason why you saw the Cowboys just not show up against Green Bay Packers in the playoff game is because they were tired and Parsons fired back at this one. 
Yes, I agree that teams play us like the Super Bowl. We are the Dallas Cowboys. But in the end, that's not a good enough reason or excuse to say that publicly. If you say that to someone else, one-on-one, you know what I'm saying, cameras off, sure, be my guest. But when I feel like once that regular season ends, and they get in the playoff, you're supposed to get rejuvenated. Like, this is a whole new me, whole new you. Like, we need to get ready. And that's part of that culture stuff where I was talking about where I where I want to dive into the players that we got to change. Like, you should never go into a game like, I'm tired. Like, I'm ready to, like, I'm ready to go home. Because that's exactly what's going to happen. And it did happen. That's part of the culture and identity that I just feel like we're missing. Like, that's just something like I don't agree with at all. The Cowboys are the gift that keep on giving. Since their season ended, we had C.D. Lamb's mother trashing the quarterback. We've had Micah Parsons' brother trash the quarterback. We've had Dak Prescott's brother trash Cowboys fans. You had Micah Parsons trash T.J. Watt. And now you have Micah Parsons defending Dak Prescott, okay. But then in this interview with Stephen A. Smith, Even though Micah is right that, oh, being tired for the postseason shouldn't be an excuse and it's laughable, the guy that said it is Demarcus Lawrence, who is an established, longtime Dallas Cowboys player, and now you have Micah Parsons having to respond for something stupid that Demarcus Lawrence said, whether it's true or not, that's a different story. And now Micah is calling the locker room pretty much into question. And last time I checked, it's only February 20th in the year of 2024. So we have a long ways to go until we see football return in September. And the Cowboys have already given us about like (laughs) six or seven stories. So a few things off what Micah Parsons just said. I'll just ask this question. Do every team, when they go up against the Cowboys now, say, oh, this is our Super Bowl? I don't know if you could play that card when you haven't won a Super Bowl since the 1995 season. I understand the Cowboys always bring attention, but maybe it's more so people are tired of the Cowboys just getting praise that, quite frankly, isn't deserved. And there's animosity with those other teams. So that's number one. Number two, just because now it's turning into a fight and Micah Parsons is voicing this publicly does not mean that he's wrong. Because I go back to a few years ago, The Cowboys didn't show up in the first half up against the Niners the first time they played them in the playoffs. And then this year, they didn't show up in its entirety. So are they worn out at the end of the season? Is that what we're really chalking it up to? Can Mike McCarthy not get his team ready for the big game? Do the players not get up for the big game? And whatever the answer is true and whatever falls in that response, it doesn't line up for anything to really change going into next year for the Cowboys. Quarterback's going to be the same. The coach is going to be the same. And the defense is going to be good, but they're going to be overrated like they were this year. And I don't think anything's going to change. Like the Cowboys will go win their 10, 11, 12 games this year at a time for a three, four week stretch. We'll think they're an actual contender. And then when the postseason comes around, even if they went around, which they didn't last year, they did two years ago, the drama Dallas choking Cowboys will reappear. And the real Dallas Cowboys will stand up. And it will be another year where you see two other teams go to the NFC title game. And two other teams go to the Super Bowl. And none of them will be named the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, this This is a lame duck year for the Cowboys. 
where you can't even expect any change. And I'm not saying they're going to miss the playoffs, but it wouldn't shock me if they did, even in an NFC that isn't that strong, because you're already hearing about some locker room problems. You got to see how the roster shapes out to be and who's going to be back and who's not. But when you have a long-term player and a young up-and-coming player who's dominant in Micah Parsons basically disagreeing on a philosophy, and I think Micah's more in the right here, and I can't believe Demarcus Lawrence said what he said. And I did see some videos from Super Bowl week where Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Cooks couldn't believe it either, and both those guys are free agents. It's like, all right, is anything going to change? Because if that's true, there's a huge problem in the Dallas Cowboys locker room, and you keep on seeing team, you know, a team not getting ready and not being prepared for the moment in a playoff game. You shouldn't need any extra incentive or any extra motivation for a playoff game, but I guess the Cowboys were too tired, and that's why they didn't show up against the Green Bay Packers and why the go pack go just absolutely kicked their ass in that football game. All righty, we'll come on back with the Austin Rivers audio. Also, there was one report yesterday that was making the rounds in the NBA Twitter world regarding Giannis Antetokounmpo. And I think it's bullcrap. We'll get to it on the other side. Update time here is the Ackman Rich Ackerman. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Show Coast to Coast on CBS Sports Radio. There we are. All right. It is the Zach Gilb Show right here, CBS Sports Radio. Um, let's get to Austin Rivers. So we were just talking about this before we uh, got to the break. If you missed any of it, today I was not expecting a Doc Rivers-JJ Redick feud, but here we are. Doc Rivers, I guess he said how tough it is to take over for a team in season. So J.J. Redick sounded off about that because Doc wasn't taking accountability for the losing going on in Milwaukee. I find this fight to be fascinating because Doc once coached J.J. Redick. They had some success together. And uh, now J.J. Redick is the number one color analyst for the NBA Finals and all the big ESPN ABC assignments because Doc took the job in Milwaukee and he was originally going to be calling the NBA Finals. So J.J. gets this promotion because Doc left. 
even though J.J. was the number two broadcaster and the number two color analyst. So J.J. fires back at Doc and basically torches him. Now, also working for ESPN is Austin Rivers, who is the son of Doc Rivers and I guess a co-worker of J.J. Reddick. And here is Austin Rivers now firing back at J.J. Reddick. So if you got all that and you're still uh, keeping it up with us, here is Austin Rivers. First off, I don't feel responsible to take off. He's a grown man. He can do his own thing. Uh, but in this regard, I just simply don't agree with it. For someone who's not accountable, he seems to always be held responsible, considering he's the guy that's always fired when things don't <laughs> go right. He got fired in the bubble for a 3-1 lead versus the Denver Nuggets, which in half his team didn't want to be there. Then he gets fired for losing to a team that was favored over him, which was the Celtics last year. It seems like he's always responsible. It's just a strange coming from J.J. And I have some love for J.J. You're my dookie. You know that. You're my bro. I love you. <laughs> this just oh, seems stop. a little bit weird. The pressure is there. They do have to perform. But in terms of accountability, like what, what are we doing here? Your best years in the NBA where when you played for him in the Clippers. I don't know if there's like frustration there or there's tension there between you. I know a lot of times we had to sit you towards the end of the game due to defensive Ooh. reasons. It's just very ironic and kind of weird yeah. that you had this energy towards him in terms of him never, ever being accountable considering he's always been responsible. Uh, that would be my response. So two things. I'll give you my fun comment and then my serious comment. My fun comment is I love the defensive jab at J.J. Redick because that speaks to the root probably of these problems, at least from the Doc Rivers side of it. The other part is, and it's funny because Austin Rivers, right, he attended Duke, right, love for the Dukies and all that. You would think he would know the difference between accountability and then responsibility because you could get held responsible for it and still not take accountability. Like, for example, let's say uh, Spike Eskin comes to me tomorrow and says, Zach, we're firing you at CBS Sports Radio. And if the I... The Sam Turns 2 show is happening. Oh, jeez. Produced by Shep? <laughs> Don't go anywhere. <laughs> but let's just say Spike came to me and fired me. And then I do an interview with uh, awful announcing Barrett Sports Media. Man, this was a terrible decision. I did nothing wrong. I got screwed. I was held responsible for something, but I didn't take any accountability. And I don't want to defend J.J. Redick because I find J.J. Redick to be insufferable on these broadcasts and on these shows because he never says anything positive and he never smiles at all. Um, but there is a difference between getting held accountable or, or taking accountability and then being held responsible for something. But then once again, I raise this point. Why didn't J.J. Redick show the same energy for James Harden, who took no accountability for the Sixers being where they were? Or Paul George? for why Doc Rivers got fired. Because if you remember that report, Doc Rivers wasn't on the good side of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George because he wanted them to show up more, like at practice and things like that. And he thought they had to take it a little bit more seriously. And the same thing happened with James Harden as well. I think that's a very fair ask for the coach. I'm not saying Doc Rivers is completely exonerated of all this, and Doc Rivers is not as good of a coach as you think he is, and I did not like this move by the Milwaukee Bucks, but I do find it laughable that everyone preaching about accountability doesn't really hold the same level of accountability for others that the way that they're talking about the person that they want accountability to be shown for. Now, this did not really make the rounds, but I read this, and it doesn't surprise me that this is being said, but I'm going to stand up for the city of Milwaukee right now. 
Because this is the crap that small markets have to go through. Even when their star player keeps on signing contract extensions. Sham Sharania is throwing out there that the Warriors' dream acquisition this offseason would be Giannis Antetokounmpo. So it's one thing to dream about something, but it's another thing to then say it when you are a reporter. And I don't see why you would really give this story legs when Giannis just signed a contract extension and he keeps on doubling and tripling and quadrupling down on Milwaukee. Like, for example, I want to, you know, I used this line yesterday, so I'll use it again. I want to date Margot Robbie. I want to date Beyonce. It doesn't mean that Andrew Marshan is going to put out an article tonight, oh, Zach Gelb wants to date Margot Robbie and Beyonce because it's unrealistic. And the Warriors, they may dream to get Giannis Antetokounmpo this offseason, but it's unrealistic, especially when Giannis Antetokounmpo just got a new extension. And then also, oh yeah, by the way, just got Damian Lillard too. The Bucs, he won a championship with them, and the Bucs have done everything that he's asked. And I talked to someone actually the other day, and I'll keep this person anonymous, but they said about this report, not a good sign when there's zero to write about and you have to make this up. Silly. That's what the person uh, said to me uh, when I did send them this story yesterday. And I won't uh, give you any hints of who this person could be. And that person is 100% right. It is silly that the Bucks fan, when everything has gone their way with Giannis, and he keeps on showing his loyalty to Milwaukee, and I'm not saying he's going to finish his career there, but that that's their dream scenario this offseason, so it has to be reported. All it shows you is that, and Shams is clearly getting used by someone in the Warriors, right? That's the their dream scenario. It has to be coming from someone with the Warriors. The Warriors also were the same team that tried to call the Lakers to get LeBron. And I think that's more likely in this offseason that LeBron goes and signs with the, uh, the Warriors if he opts out. And we've seen the Warriors now throw out their Giannis Antetokounmpo. It means that the Warriors are star hunting this offseason. Because you have a window with Steph Curry. Klay Thompson has passed his prime. His deal's up. You just gave a new deal to Draymond Green, which I thought was foolish. And maybe the Warriors will learn with what they didn't do with Draymond now here with Klay that you can't pay people for what they did off the past. You have to pay what they'll do heading into the future. But when you keep on throwing out reports, 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 and it keeps on saying the Warriors are interested in this person, the Warriors are interested in that person, that means the Warriors are going to do something big this offseason. And I mean really big because they realize Steph is still an elite player. Steph is still an all-time great. Steph is still uh, phenomenal. And you're not maximizing his championship window. I do think it's more likely, though, that, and here's the hot take, that LeBron James is going to wind up with the Warriors and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh, big bad hot take from Zach Gelb. I just don't see why there would be any merit because the, the Warriors want Giannis, and that's their dream player, which I see why. Why people are going to run with this. Because, like, I want to win the lottery. It doesn't mean that I'm going to win the lottery. There is a difference of what you want, what you desire, and then what actually will happen. And I don't see any way this offseason, just for this offseason, that Giannis Antetokounmpo is going to say, I want out of the Milwaukee Bucks when they keep on giving him everything that he wants. Everything. 
And I know so far, right there, I had a coach fired this year. And I know people are down in Milwaukee with Doc Rivers, and I get why. But this is still a team that's 35 and 21 when the regular season means jack for them. And they just need to be healthy come postseason time. And they have a good chance to get to the NBA Finals, even with Boston standing in their way. Like right now, Boston's a favorite. But if you tell me Boston doesn't get there, the next team that I would say gets to the NBA Finals out of the East would be the Milwaukee Bucks. You got Bucks lost? All righty, there we go. That's how we'll end the show out today. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow on a Wednesday. Final show for me of the week tomorrow as I'm off Thursday and Friday. And the newest member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Dwight Freeney, is going to be joining us. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for listening and interacting with the program. You can always follow us on social media, Instagram and Twitter, at Zach Gelb, Z-A-C-H-G-E-L-B. Big thanks to Stu and big thanks to Moist Mike. All righty, everybody. We will see you tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Have a great Tuesday evening. JR coming up next. We out. Bye-bye. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.